Bagseed Chronicles is a podcast about cannabis. Oh, I think anybody can grow these plants, and I think everybody should. And the people who enjoy it. I pulled a 475-pound deadlift, like... Oh, my. Like an hour and a half ago. Welcome to the Bag Seed Chronicles. This is your host, Uncle Dig, and I'm happy to present to you a very exciting interview today where I got to interview Canadian home grower, chef, and fitness enthusiast, Bearded Stoner Boy. Me and Austin talked a lot um, about life, companion planting, a little bit about fitness, and actually a fair amount about food. So if that sounds interesting to you, stay tuned. But before we get to that, just a quick update about what's going on in my very small garden. (laughs) Uncle Dick's garden update. Hello, everyone. It is November 18th, 2022. We are in Gardening Zone 8B. And if you have any outdoor plants at this point, you probably shouldn't. Winter is coming, and so I'm not going to talk about so much about the gardening zone. It's too cold to grow outdoors. I have two tangerine dream plants that are currently flushing. I'm not feeding them at all. They're in a 2 by 2 micro-grow tent. I'm waiting for the trichomes to develop to a point that I enjoy, and then I will pull these plants, and then I won't have any plants, and I will be rearranging some stuff. I have some animal things I need to take care of before I start my next big autoflower grow. Namely, installing a proper cat door on the garage to trap heat. I sort of adopted a stray cat we call Sneaky Pete. He's adorable. He's a little black cat with a little white spot on his tail. And he started coming around. He was all starving, so we fed him. And now he's not starving, and he's hanging around. But our cats won't let him in the house, which, you know, makes sense. We have three. Three's probably too many, so four probably wouldn't be great. So we're going to have a garage cat. And the garage actually stays fairly warm in the winter because I'm growing weed in there. So that'll be nice for Sneaky Pete and for us. I won a seed giveaway on Instagram that a person called OK Canavet organized. I got some really cool seeds. I got um, some Bust Down Patek, which is an autoflower from... uh, Gem Hunters Genetics, I believe. I got another couple of things, but I'll talk more about that stuff as I get planning uh, for the next grow. I just don't have a plan laid out, so I'll talk to you about those genetics that I got donated to me as part of this Veterans Day giveaway uh, in another segment. But I just wanted to shout that the, that guy out specifically because he's his autoflowers are going straight to the front of the line in the next grow because I'm really excited about them. All right, everyone, that's it for my garden update. Let's overgrow the world. Sorry, guys, quick clarification. The autoflowers I got were from Gem Seekers Genetics. Again, that's Gem Seekers Genetics on Instagram. Here we go. All right, hey, 
Everyone, please welcome to the podcast, Bearded Stoner Boy. Bearded Stoner Boy is a cannabis activist, fitness enthusiast, home grower, chef, and all around a fun follow on Instagram. Welcome to the podcast, Bearded Stoner Boy. Should I call you Beard or can I call you Austin? No, no, you can call me Austin. Real names are fine. Okay. How long have you been growing cannabis? Um, I don't know. That's a tricky question because like, uh, we're on a couple years of legalization here in Canada, okay. but I've been into this for much longer than we're allowed to say. That makes sense. You know, a lot but, of everyone started somewhere and a lot of people started before it was legal. Um, yeah. And then just uh, over COVID, the restaurant I was working at, uh, we were basically only doing takeout. Yeah. So I got laid off for a while and it, it just became like a more hobby-ish than it was, I guess. I really yeah. got into the plant side of stuff. Yeah, I think, and I, I think around that time was probably maybe when I started following you, like in the middle yeah, of no, like- you, you showed up pretty early on. Like I, I've been following you for at least two years now. Yeah, yeah. And I, and well, you were one of the first indoor grows um, that I saw on Instagram where I looked at and I was like, that's what a, that's what a decent indoor grow looks like to me. Like I can tell that that's, that's producing the plants are healthy. It's not super stretched out. Like it kind of gave me something to like kind of shoot for initially, which I kind of appreciated. Oh, I appreciate that. No, I, um, I have a background in plant stuff. I yeah. grew up in a farm family and growing up, we always had a vegetable garden, like from, I don't know, five or six years old, I was helping with the vegetable garden totally. and I never stopped doing that. So my whole life I've done cucumbers, tomatoes and squash and whatever else I can get to grow. So I had that like background understanding and how the plants worked. And uh, to be honest, more of it carried over than I expected. And uh, I don't know, I think I do just fine. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people do really well, and I think a lot of people who are new to gardening and new to cannabis gardening think they have to have to only look at cannabis sources. Like at the end of the day, cannabis is one of many plants you can grow, and it also does a lot of similar things. So a lot of prior like gardening experience can help. I didn't get to garden as much as I would have liked to as a kid because I lived in the suburbs and my dad didn't want me to dig up the backyard, which makes sense. <laughs> was he one of those like uh perfectly cut real, real tight grass lawns, you know? Yeah. All, all, oh all yeah. Pretty. Yeah. yeah. Like one of those guys that would, he would pay me and my brother to go out and mow the lawn to teach us values and then yeah, okay. he'd send us away. And then he would redo it. Cause we did it like a pile of shit. Yeah, that didn't it satisfy him. <laughs> You didn't leave the perfect right. little uh, lines back and forth. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Come clean up the edging after us and stuff the first couple of years. And then and then it was big boy time and we had to do it just as good. But yeah, he's really into the yard looking good. His truck was always clean. You know the type. Yeah, no, I like my my grandfather's super like that. And I think that's that's where I got to the paying attention to the plants. Yeah. I, like I'm, I even, even on days where I'm not scheduled to water or fertilize, I'm constantly eyeballing them, making sure everything looks good. Yeah. Yeah. And it can be tricky too. Cause like toward the end of like when they're flowering and stuff, or when they're really stretching, when they fully filled up the pot, it seems like they want more water than when they're vegging. So it's always kind of a trick to figure out how much to give them at least initially. Yeah, no, and I'm, um, 
I switched up how I do things. I'm on the third round using it. I'm I'm using a a bed. Uh, oh I'm yeah, I saw that bed in my in my flower tent now. Yeah. I love it for one of the reasons is what you just said. My watering intervals are so much less now. Now right. it, it's there is a risk to overwatering because I have basically no drainage when compared to like a pot. Yeah, but I I also haven't spent any money on soil maneuvers in god a year and a half so are you Other... just constantly refreshing that bed with nutrients and stuff yeah exactly i'm i'm using uh i'm using gaia green stuff okay and then uh i do my own compost as well oh so all, I, all i do is when i transplant the flower or a, a plant into the flower bed when when they get transplanted, I give them a half shot of the Gaia Greens All Purpose. Okay. With with uh, a measured out amount of my uh, compost, and then once I see like positive recovery and transition into flower, I hit them with a full shot of Gaia Greens four 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 or um what two six four whatever their Power Bloom. Okay. And then I just leave it, and all I do is water from then on. Okay, nice. So you're doing, you're doing, that's neat. So I like, so you're doing living soil in a full, a full like box bed in a yep. tent. And I've seen pictures in, of it. And in that's the house. Really cool. Yeah, no. It, and like, I, I do, I have to be careful when I open it sometimes, especially later on in the day, because I've got a, I have a good culture of ladybugs. Um, uh, what are those little roly poly things? Potato uh, bugs? Pill bugs? Yeah. yeah, those things and uh, and earthworms in there. Oh, so if I'm not paying attention and I open it, next thing you know, I gotta like go collect all my little friends and put them back in there. Oh boy, yeah, and that's kind of no, what kept I have me no from... pest problems because of that, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I'll I'll take clones from outdoor plants and move them in the house, knowing that I have stuff on them. Okay. And, and my beneficials are like so over the top right now that they just handle it. So I don't even really have to worry about it. It's beautiful. No, no spraying, like no foliar spray or anything. I don't, I don't use any additives. It's like straight flat organic. Wow. That's, that's really cool. And you're, that's amazing. See, I, and I don't like, I'm one of those guys. I don't bring cuts from outside because I know that I have my, yeah, no, my cause that's, I, yeah. I, 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 w I did it once where I I made a mistake and moved basically a full size and half flowered plant that was uh, not going to make it. Our growing seasons are fairly short where I right, am. Yeah. And I, I made one of those rookie mistakes of putting a 12 week flowering plant outside in an area where that puts me into November. Right. And November's yeah. around are like uh, we're getting into the negatives and it's snowing. Right, right. You're further you're further up north in Canada, correct? I'm 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 actually the southernmost point uh in Canada. I'm I'm like 2 minutes from downtown Detroit. My mom actually lives in Detroit. Oh, okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah, so I'm pr I'm pretty American for a Canadian, if right. that makes sense. It does. You know, cuz like we've got we've got some snack foods you guys don't have. Okay. And uh and you guys, there's some American stuff we don't generally get in Canada, but because I'm right on the border, I get like the mix of things that are hard to find in both countries. It's neat. 
Oh, that is that is kind of cool. Yeah, See, I yeah. I grew up like, next you ever to had Mexico. A ketchup? You ever? No, nope. ketchup chips is a thing no one's ever heard of in the states. What? What? Like like ketchup flavored like chips? A, like a potato chip? Okay. Yeah. The we the ketchup flavored chips are a thing I was told that are not very like available in America or available at all. They're not common here. No, I don't think I've ever seen that. That's why I I asked. They're good. They get big vinegary crunch. Yeah, no, the food, right? I I cook for a living, so I have weird obsessions with like weird foods. Yeah, yeah. I I uh I uh I'm not like super gifted in the kitchen, although I do all right, but like I'm good at following a recipe, so of course I do all right. But I'm not very um creative in the kitchen, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get that. That's like not having a bunch of experience with food. Getting creative can also be very dangerous, especially with the cost of food right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's not a good time to like try uh, to experiment with baking without a recipe right now. Right. Like I actually um, I do a decent amount of baking. It's something I'm fairly comfortable with. I've done courses in it and I, I used to do all the desserts at a restaurant I worked at. So I'm I'm fairly comfortable with that, and I still haven't been baking much because I'm like uh, trying trying to not waste food. It's kind of sad. See, I'm lucky. My partner will not leave bread if I cook it. So if I make bread, now I'm not saying this is healthy, but if I make bread, I don't have to worry about it going stale. People. Oh will yeah, eat it. no, somebody's gonna eat it. Yeah, so like, yeah. I'm not wasting it. I may people may be binging a bit, but it's not going to waste. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm. I'd rather have someone eat too much than me have leftovers. That's nice thing about bread, though, because it's. I think I feel about like fresh baked bread, like it's kind of both. Because a cookie, it it doesn't it doesn't really satisfy like a meal does, but bread is kind of like both a kind of a dessert when it's fresh it's so good it's almost like a treat and then later when it when it's when it's aged today it's perfect for a sandwich whatever it kind of transitioned into like a nutrient i like bread no you know what um i i haven't done one lately for a long time i was doing sourdoughs at home like yeah i i I know trust me i i get that bread thing i like you had mentioned, I go to the gym five, six days a week. Yes. I basically do that so I'm not a giant slob because I live and breathe food. And then, right. you know, I start I start smoking and then I just eat whatever I want because I'm like, fuck it, I'm high and I want to eat shit. Right. Yeah. Well, it and I noticed that I uh, I had trouble keeping weight off. I had a I'm a fairly active person. Like I don't I don't necessarily go to the gym or anything, but I'm out in my garden. I go on hikes when I can, stuff like yeah, that. Like, like you, do, you do stuff. You don't spend all your downtime sitting down. Right, exactly. And um, I had a hernia surgery a year ago. I was work. Long story, very very short. I was working on a farm on a on a on a cannabis a small cannabis farm, and I was moving some hay, and okay. I was, and I was being an idiot, and I gave myself I I either worsened an existing hernia I already had. Or gave myself a hernia. Either way, were you were you throwing them around? Oh yeah, I was. So again, gr- growing up with like in a farming area, we I've stacked I've stacked a hayloft or two. It's awful, yeah. and yeah. I I I know that. 
I know that suffering. I never never hernia though. Oh god, I can't imagine that. Well, I was recovering from some other health condition and I was starting to feel my oats if that were, but I hadn't really been lifting heavy or doing yeah. any, like really really hard manual labor. I've been doing some like ladder climbing and trellising and I and I set some rat traps, you know, normal farm stuff, but nothing super yeah, yeah, heavy. Yeah, household kind of stuff. Yeah, and like going up into attics and like stuff like that. And light and like light and even heavy gardening's not even that bad. But then you get to moving hay around. Yeah. And, and I just I I went too much too fast. So when I do big, start lifting full size big big rectangles. Yes. Yeah, I know they're they're weird to move around too. Cause that's a big shape. Yeah. Yeah. And I was moving them. Around. Yeah. Anyway, I don't get into my stupid antics, but I was being <laughs> stupid. Um, but I was, I was, I saw that that giant plant you grew this year outside your house that went over the roof. How tall did that end up being? Did you measure oh, it? The, the monster? Yeah. I, um, I never got a completely accurate height on that. Okay. When, when I was like, Six weeks into flower, give or take. Yeah. I, I measured it at 13 feet at its tallest point. <laughs> that's awesome. But uh, a couple days after that, we got a real bad windstorm. And that's where you, if you, if you go through and check my pictures, it's sideways. all of a sudden the plant is like, sideways. yes, I can't even yeah. believe it. It finished flower that it, way. That was it cool. finished just fine. Well, I mean, I kept, I kept just about a pound of flower off. Okay. Of it, yeah. Nice. And then I, I washed the rest. Okay. I've been slowly, I have a, I'm not going to say his name, but I have a very good friend of mine that does hash professionally, like in the Canadian legal market, he actually does contract work where people pay him to come wash their shit for him. Okay. So he's, he's not just good. Like he's quite good. And he's been teaching me how to do this properly. Cause uh, to me, it's like, it's kind of like baking. You got to like, um, you gotta follow the recipe and everything's gotta be done exact. Yeah. Your temperatures have to be right, your times have to be right. Oh yeah. And I don't know if you saw I posted two days ago. I used his freeze dryer to freeze it and then I pressed it. Yeah. And I haven't pressed something that came out like that before. I was like dancing around the house like it, giddy. It looks like listener, the 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 hash he melt first made, first of all, is full melt, and it looks like some sort of hard candy. Yeah, 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 yeah. So actually, I like the people listening can't see this, but I'm I have the jar here. Oh it's, yeah, it's like starting to separate, so okay. I'm getting close. Probably, I'm looking for like complete separation and basically get an oil cap on it. Okay, and then and then that's that's the terpene separating out. Then I'll stir them back in, and okay. it'll spend the rest of its life in the fridge. But I was expecting to get I don't know. 40 grams of hash rosin off that plant yeah all said and done i got 85 that's plenty you're gonna be set yeah so i'm like i'm at a point where i'm like what am i gonna do because obviously i can't and i don't do that i i don't know the hope no one thinks that i don't sell anything but what i do do i have i have friends that smoke and well, life's hard and affording shit's hard. So most I, growers I, I pretty, know give gifts. I'm pretty yeah, open. Gifts I, are give legal. Stuff, I give stuff away. Like I, uh, two friends of mine are getting married and they're doing a fundraiser uh, raffle for their, um, for their stag and doe. Oh, nice. 
so they do a party and then they they raffle some stuff off i just i just gave them like two ounces of flour to raffle off oh that'll be fun yeah i know and they her her man grows too so he'll come by and we'll trade and stuff oh yeah yeah we have a good little community around here of people who are into it and it's nice because i can i can post and we have a little group chat that's all the locals and someone will be like hey can i try that like yeah sure what do you got let me trade you my uh my local friends we keep each other in flowers when we uh, have disasters like i had a buddy like um when i had my disaster this year where the mites were almost ate my plants entirely spider mites i got them bad this time oh no and they hit it it, it was weird but anyway so i lost a lot of yield this year but my buddy dropped a lot of stuff on me toward the beginning of the harvest season so i won't have to worry my last indica's hanging and I'll run out of his stuff right when it right when it's time to trim that. So I'm golden. Yeah, yeah. So you're good. You're yeah. Like I have a I have a um these guys these guys from Spain. I've been growing their stuff for. I've, actually, I think it was probably one of the first things I posted was one okay. of the outlaw teams plants. Yeah, but they've yeah. Been, they've been they've been basically sending me testers forever, and they're awesome. Oh, that's amazing. I I've done a I did a mint candy from them that was uh on like OG mint chocolate cookie. That sounds good. It was awesome. I'm about to run out of it and I almost want to see if they'll like uh, sell me a couple packs of that so I can grow it again. Cause I'm like, I wish I kept that around. Yeah. It's always like, I mean, like I haven't kept clones around before this year, a buddy. I, I, I almost never do. I usually just keep rotating. Yeah. But sometimes, sometimes I look back and I'm like, I wish I kept one of those. I did it the first year I had a friend come over and, and take some branches and he rooted some of this fire of Maru five, which yeah. was the, one of the big Indica plants out here where I only yield 20 grams off of it because of oh, no. mites and caterpillars. It's so good though. It's so good. It's a dirty, like Indica, you know, like a dirty Afghan, but oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I have some Afghan biscotti that I'm thinking about starting because I don't have I don't have any like stinky stunk skunky stuff flying it's around. Not skunky per se, but it's like funky, like B.O. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. earthy funks. See, yes! I like those. I like I don't I don't like that straight like uh like f- I love my mint stuff. I do too. Yeah. Like like a good thin mint cookie. Yeah. That's one of my favorite strains too actually, is thin mint yeah. girl scout cookies. So I had a neighbor and we'll edit all that shit out. I had a neighbor who gave me a cut of thin mint girl scout cookies when I moved in here as a housewarming present. And then I grew it out for 2 years cuz he gave me another cut the next year, but then he let the cut go and I didn't have any. Are you there? Yeah, I know. It's like Yeah, no, I'm here. You good? Yeah, that was wild. My internet completely tanked and then shut on, and now it seems to be working fine. I don't know. It needed a minute. <laughs> yeah, it needed a minute. Um, so I'm gonna tell you the same story for a third time, and and if this doesn't work out, if this stops, we'll have to do it another time or something, or we'll figure. Yeah, something no, else that's out. cool. But but anyway, so my when I moved into this house like six years ago, I moved in and I'm like, all right, I finally own my place. I'm going to grow weed and I'm getting out of the U-Haul and my, my neighbor comes up and he's like, Hey man, I'm like, Hey. And he's like, do you like weed? I'm like, I love weed. I'm thinking about growing. He's like, you want to buy a pound? And I'm like, uh, what? And then he's like, here man, (laughs) he's like, 
He's like, here, when, when you get your garden set up, let me know and I'll give you a clone. And the first clone of cannabis anyone ever gave me, sold me anything was Thin Mint Girl Scout cookies. And it was some of the best smoke I've ever. Yeah, I know. Like that's a, that is a good starting plant. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was one of my favorite like indica leaners. I think I've grown to this day. Yeah, no, thank you, neighbor, man. Good looking out. Oh, yeah, dude. And 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 since then, since I've like moved into this house, since I've been in Oregon, everyone in the medical growing scene and everyone in the home grow scene has been so helpful, so amazing, so generous. It's been really cool. Oh, yeah, no, actually, um, one of one of my favorites that I'm about to run out of uh, a guy last summer hit me and was like, I've got a bunch of clones and I have more than I need. You want a couple? I'm like, well, yeah, I have room for two. I'll take two. Right. So he shows up at my work and drops me off an in-house genetics platinum grape and in-house genetics apple fritter. I'm like, these are, these are cheap genetics. These are nice plants. Well, I mean like apple fritter is like huge right now. I don't know about like up there, but down here and it's pretty popular right now. The platinum apple fritter he gave me was like pure apple. The, the, like the apple terpene I got out of that plant was insane. That's so cool. It tasted yeah. like biting into an apple crisp almost. Yeah, no, and it was it was like it was sweet and it was fresh. Like almost like it almost smelled like sour green apple like candies. I was I was really impressed with that plant. Was it more of a sedative plant or was it more of like a Oh yeah, no, the both of those because they're because they're like uh their platinum crosses, both yeah. of those things, I got to be super careful with. They're all wind up like midway through the day having a nap. I uh, I pressed a bunch of the platinum grape into flower rosin and it pressed like almost clear and cured almost white. It was like the nicest looking flower rosin I had ever pressed. And I made the mistake of like going in hard for it. And no, that wasn't good. That's like eight o'clock at night. I'm, I'm going to bed. All right. Oh, that happened to me recently because every time I trim one of my outdoor plants, especially I'm real paranoid because I've put weed that was a little too wet in the jars before and just had a bad time. So yeah. what, what I do is, is I'll take it and the first, like one of the first nugs I'll trim, I'll just trim it up. Like I'm going to trim it and literally grind it fresh right there. Like after a dry, like after it's dry yeah. for however long it takes and smoke it just to make sure it'll smoke the whole way down the joint. And it's not like fucked up or wet or anything. And I was doing that with the fire of the roof. And I almost didn't want to get up to trim after that. I was like, I was yeah, scared. you're like, and I'm done. Like, I don't need to fucking do this shit. But yeah. um, was that that big plant you grew this year? Was it a seedling or a clone? Uh, no, I, th- I everything. I believe everything I've posted other than those two platinums from in-house genetics. Everything has been me starting from seed. Okay. Yeah, I do. I do most of that. Um, The first few years I grew, like I want to say the first four years when I grew outside, I had what was called my security clone. Because I I knew what feminized genetics were, but I didn't trust them yet. And I didn't trust my ability to catch a male early on. 
And after um, running after running seeds for so long, I realized it was a little bit easier to catch a male. And at least here, the males seem to go off way earlier than the females, like in July. I was I was just gonna say I I'm pretty good at spotting males early on, but I I I made two boo boos this run. Ooh. I I gave one of the pineapples I started to a friend of mine. Yeah. And it it blew mail. And then I had one outside that also blew mail. Damn. They they started way like uh, end of July because it was right around my birthday that I caught him. Was I was glad too. And Buddy was doing him indoor right next to his other plant he had going. So I felt awful. I was like, oh God, if I screwed your stuff up, like I will just give you flour, my dude. I am sorry. Damn, that's rough. Yeah, I've had pretty good luck on regular seeds, but two two out of four is not great. No, 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 no. <laughs> what are you smoking on today? Hitting our Canadian market right now. Okay. We actually have a lot of hash. Um, okay. This is Nug's Fresh Frozen Hash Rosin, and it's like... It's here. I don't know if you can see it. Oh, it's yeah, nice. It's nice. Yeah, it's nice. The texture's good. I can like just grab a piece and break it off and throw it in there. It's not too sticky or anything. Nice. I left it out at room temperature overnight because I got goobered last night after work. Okay. And and it it's fairly like shelf stable. Doesn't do anything weird. You know, sometimes if their cure's bad and you leave it sitting out for an afternoon, it'll start to get like um, oily, like it's trying to separate out. Oh, okay. Some, some of that's strain specific too, though. It's like that's that's what I really like about these plants. You you think you know what they're gonna do, and you think you're getting a good handle, and then you just play with some other genetic you haven't dealt with before, and the plant's like, "Nah, I'm not doing that this time." I got real scared one year. I had a I had one year. I don't know what it was, but I had two plants, and I'd grown seedlings out of this. I had this tube of bag seeds that I like to grow plants out of for a while. Because yeah. it was just always like a nice hybrid. I don't know what it was, but it was nice. And uh, I grew it out. And one year, both of the phenotypes smelled like straight cat piss. <laughs> they, were, they were no, just for a little bit, like in mid. Oh, like like just early on. They 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 started and they smelled like they normally do, like kind of a stinky sweet, but sweet. Funk. Yeah. And then and then they hit like week four, week five outdoors, and they're like, we smell like cat piss now. And I'm like, what are y'all <laughs> doing? No, I don't like that. I don't want cheetah piss. I don't want cat piss. This is not the turp profile I'm looking for. Yeah, this, this is not what I'm growing. Like, like I will grow like weed that smells like dead bodies, skunks, like like a like a hippie fucked like dirt outside a strip club. But I don't like the P terps. Those are not what I'm looking for. And they and they had mercy on me. Week seven, they changed back. They're like, okay. Yeah, and they, they kind of were like, all right, we're done with that now. Yeah, and I'm like, I was scared. I was like, am I gonna grow like a, a fucking pound and a half of cat piss? Is that what yeah, I'm gonna no, grow? I don't want I don't want that. I'm I agree completely with that statement. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm good. Of all the of all the terpene profiles I do enjoy, that is not on my uh list. No, and I and, I, and therefore seen... go ahead. You guys have any of that truffle stuff up there? Um, we had some like truffle butter that was popular for a little while, but 
I think that was one of the strains that moved through like as a yeah, fad. Yeah, kind of, kind of like it was a fad. Everyone was into it for a little bit and then it passed. Yeah, but then again, a lot of times too, people will grow out like a batch of something and then the, the dispensary will run out of it and then they get it like three months later. So it, I just haven't seen it on the shelf recently. That doesn't mean no one's growing it. I don't go to the dispensary as much as some people do either. Yeah, no, like I, my, my girlfriend actually runs one. Oh, okay. So I, I go quite often, but I never really liked it. I bought the, I bought a hash rosin because I like, I like trying other people's stuff that I'm doing, you know? Right. Yeah, that makes sense. But, um, I, I generally don't really buy much. Sometimes I'll get like, uh, I, I've been rude to my body most of my life. Okay. And it's catching up to me. I, I've sense. been in a couple pretty decent car accidents. And like I, I work a job where you're on your feet for 10 hours a day, six days a week. Yep. So my back hurts all the time. I have trouble getting comfortable sleeping and I beat myself up at the gym. Like I, I pulled a 475 pound deadlift. Like, Oh my, like an hour and a half ago. Yeah. I can't do that anymore. Like yeah, straight no, up. I, like, I, I'm like, I'm, I'm going to stay strong. And then my body's like, no, bro, you're going to hurt. So I buy, I buy these big ass bags of CBD gummies. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm a and big just, believer in CBD. Yeah, me too. I'll, I eat like a handful of them every morning and then another handful of them before bed. And I'll tell you what, if I miss a couple days, I hurt more than I do if I take, if I eat them like regularly, you know, I can tell they make me feel a little better. My two biggest plants this year that actually fended off the pest the best were my canatonic and my CBD Dutch treat. Oh, okay. Okay. So I don't take the, I don't, I, I have a love hate relationship with edibles i uh i make them sometimes but i don't really they're not my go-to yeah um um and i don't really like eating cbd and anything i can do at home i'm gonna try to do at home so i've been growing yeah. these cbd rich cultivars and the first two joints or or a first sesh i have of the day isn't actually with a really potent cannabis strain it's either with a one-to-one -one, like canatonic or a two-to-one like CBD Dutch treat. That's how I start okay. my day every day. Otherwise, I'll get stiff. My it's not like weed helps with the pain, but it doesn't help as much with like the stiffness. The CBD really does. No, I think that's I think that's what it is. I think I think my body moves a little better. I feel a little more lubricated. <laughs> Do you listen to a lot of music when you lift weights and stuff? Oh, always, always. If I if I like if I if I like forget my headphones at home when I leave for the gym in the morning, I get there and I'm sad because I know my workout's going to suck. Oh yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, like it, it's my, my morning routine. Uh, normally I work like uh 11 to eight, 12 to nine kind of shifts. So, so like I lunch through dinner. Exactly. Lunch through dinner. And then I leave at after the worst of it's over basically. That makes sense. So uh, my morning routine is usually sativa joint, gym session with a shitload of loud music, and then I'll go eat something real quick, take my dog for a walk, and head off to work. Yep. That big-ass plant that you were talking about earlier, that's um, that's a full sativa plant, too. Oh, that boy. Was, that was, like, to cover my sativa for the while. I haven't done a sativa hash rosin, 
I'm very curious to see if it's got the punch I'm looking for. <laughs> oh, right. And, and and I and it's funny. People look at me and they're like, you, you always talk about how much you love Indica's. And yet all we see you pulling is like CBDs and sativas. And what I say is, first of all, mites and caterpillars ate my Indica's this year. <laughs> right. So I had, a, I had a northern lights that was eight feet tall that just. That's sad. It is. That but, kind of, like I go ahead. I like my plants. They're like little babies, you know. When when stuff happens to them, I get upset. I let you down. I was really upset the day uh, I had to strip them. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then now I'm in a better mood because I actually was able to save a lot of it. Yeah, like, you got enough out of it. Yeah, well, because I got I got like two and a half pounds of CBD. If I'm careful about how much of it I give away, I should be good until I'm able to pull more next year yeah like morning joints i'm covered in you don't you don't run anything in the house i do i do but i'm not running i don't run the cbd stuff you don't in run the house. cbds in the house okay because well, like, like um i i, I generally I, I this it's weird i find sativa dominant plants don't perform anywhere near as well indoors right like like I've I've done indicas in and out, and obviously there's differences in how they grow, right? You get nowhere right. near the density you do indoors, right. but I find they're they're more similar. Whereas the sativas, I see them just overall the plant being healthier and happier outside. See, I've had I've had I've had I've had mixed results because I've grow I grow something I basically other than the CBD Dutch treat which I've popped seeds of that every year for the past three years. Other okay. than that, I am constantly switching it up. Um, like what I grow. And I, I found that genetics matter a lot. Um, but I don't really, I don't grow like a lot of sativa e sativas, like I like straight sativas, like really, because okay. it's not what I'm after. Like the closest thing I could think of that I grew this year, for example, is amnesia haze, which is not okay. like a super like hard sativa. I would say it's like a milder sativa as far as like the racy effects and stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and 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 it it got it's just I try to I'm not just growing for me. I'm also growing for my partner. So I try to grow a mixture, but indoors, a lot of times the last few years, I've had the worst problems with the pests on the more potent, like I would call, people would call them narcotic cultivars versus the CBDs, right? So anything yeah. that ta that tastes good that I was really looking forward to, the bugs really seem to like too. Oh, that's, that's definitely a thing. Uh, anything, anything super fruity or super sweet. I a hundred percent can back that you have like a higher chance of pest problems. Absolutely. But I've had a lot of really like good results growing autoflowers indoors. So I've been experimenting a lot with autoflowers because I find myself in these situations um, where I'm like, Oh, I need flower. I would like to have a bunch of flower, but I want to do I, a short run. I generally don't run autoflowers. Right. Because I, I find just I'm, without sounding like a clown my my methods 
uh, I, I top really aggressively. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like I, I'm, I'm doing like, I'm doing like, I don't know, six cuts of tops before they even go into flower. Oh, wow. And okay. I spread them right out. Like I've got, I have one plant that's taking up three quarters of my two by four right now. Okay. And it's got a dozen main sites on it at least. Nice. And because I'm like, because I need that extra time to put in that work and get that spread out, I generally don't do autos. Yeah. Cause I, I just, my yield is way less, but yeah. I did, I did a, I did two autos from fast buds genetics. Yep. Cause I, I gave away too much. And all of a sudden I was like, I'm not going to make it. I need flour. Right. Yeah. So I, I threw a couple of those fast bud genetics flowers in and they were random testers. Someone gave me like, it wasn't even a name. It was like a serial number. Oh, okay. And I didn't like that because they got done. They were both completely different. And one of them it was like FR1C72-8 or some nonsense. Yeah. was like super 100% cherry. Oh, nice. And in the like most beautiful way. And I, I've, I've been on this obsession with trying to grow a cherry thing that I can get with a like cherry terpene profile that aggressive. And yeah. I can't get it. And I'm, I like, I hate it. I'm like I I miss it, and it was just a yeah. random auto flower tester that I'll never see again. See, I kind of I I know this sounds weird, but I kind of like that about auto flowers. Um, I have a I have a tendency to gamble in my garden, which is why I tend to like growing bag seeds. Like when I have, so the first thing that happens when I start when I when I feel like I'm sitting on enough flour is I start yeah. popping random shit. Just I don't need any real flower. Let's see what this is. Right, exactly, exactly. Yeah, no, and, I get it. And even when I first started out, I was always popping bag seed because I couldn't afford to pop a bunch of seeds, and I love popping seeds. And it, and because of where I'm at in Oregon, people would give me this bomb weed they grow outside, and I'd find like one seed in it somewhere. Yeah, no, I, I there's a there's a legal market cultivar in my area that has this plant and I'm, they actually were nice enough to let me into their facility. And I was like, got any seeds lying around? And they all looked at me like I was crazy. I'm like, I just want one. Just give yeah, me one. I just want. I, I've been lucky. I worked, I worked at one of the facilities for a little while and uh, three or four of them, I think now four, four of them now have let me do tours. That's awesome. That, that's cool because like I I grew big silly plants, but I'm still I'm limited in what I can do for oh, space yeah. and legality. Right, yeah. So it's it's there's something special when there's a plant that I like. I I was going specifically to the dispensary to buy this flower. Okay. And I got to see rooms of it. And buddy buddy there, their lead grower is an awesome dude, and he we interact on Instagram. I've talked to him a couple times. So, so he go, goes out of the flower room for a second and comes back with gloves and gives me gloves. And he's like, go ahead. You can squeeze them and play with them. And I'm like, Oh, <laughs> oh man, that's, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. I, I haven't been on like, uh, like, a no, that's not true. No, I went, a buddy had me come out and tour his farm, but it wasn't like an official tour. It was like just him showing me around kind of thing. Well, well I mean, and then, it, no, it was pretty cool. But like, I've already talked about it on the podcast a little bit. Uh, my buddy Carlos had me out on No Bad Days and they showed me their indoor cultivation and their outdoor cultivation. And it was okay. really, really neat. 
And they were doing some kind of innovative stuff. They are big KNF growers out there. And I think they're one of the only like hardcore KNF like folks in the Washington state rec market right now that I've okay. seen. And they're definitely the only one that let me on their farm. So Right, right, right. <laughs> any, seeing any kind of like production cuz I seeing seeing how they do it is always interesting to me cuz there's always a takeaway from that. Like I'm always I'm always looking for that next little secret that's going to make me a little better. Right, right. And sometimes they all it also shows you like some like for me, like the biggest thing, the biggest difference for me with a lot of what I see going on, on on bigger commercial farms and even bigger like medical grows back in the day versus what I do in my garden is they really they handle the plants more roughly than I do. We'll say. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I have I have also witnessed some stuff and I'm like, be nice to it. Dude, bro, that's they're gonna smoke that. What are you doing? Well, I think um I think there's a weird level of attention that a lot of the like hobbyist home growers give their plants that uh like these big places you just can't have that many. No, 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 no. And and I feel like I feel like something's lost there. I like, agree. There's with a level you. of love that doesn't go into it, and that it sounds weird, but I think it shows sometimes. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, uh, yeah, it definitely does. And I think, I think one, I think honestly, one of the big things is the cure. I think in commercial grows, they're just not doing that. Why would they? I, I wonder if there's differences when we start curing things of that size. No, they're doing drums at a time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because, uh, like. With anything else, I'll bring it back to food and baking and stuff. Surface yeah. area is a big thing, right? And yes, I I wonder how much it could be affecting cures in really large batches. Like if you're key, you're curing like let's say fifty kilos at a time. Right. What's going on in that center portion that's that doesn't get any like proper airflow when you crack it? Are they mixing those up every time? You know, Probably do not, they right? Uh, it's those little things that I wonder about. I don't know. I'm weird too. And um, a lot of the Canadian legal stuff, they don't, they don't list actual genetics. Right. There. It's like every, everyone just combines some stuff together and they name it whatever they want. Uh huh. And then I'm left over here. Like, but what is it? I right. want to know what you, and you try to look thing. it up and there's no information because it's not a real thing. Yeah, no, the real website just says the master grower bred something into something else and they give you no information. Oh, maybe I'm just nosy. Well, no, like, I think you should be able to find out what you're smoking. And at least if I grow a mystery seed at home, at least I know that it was grown to a certain level of care. I know that I didn't dump a gallon of Eagle 20 on it. I didn't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We have Canada's got pretty strict rules on growing practices. Mm -hmm. So I don't worry that much because anyone, anyone dumping anything real wonky, they're going to, they're going to get caught and shut down. Everything in the Canadian market has to be lab tested. Oh, that makes sense. So 
if levels of things are out of whack, they catch it right away. State to state in the in the states, even if it's illegal, the testing uh, regimens they use can be completely different. And like they're not always testing for pesticides. Um, especially yeah, I've heard, up I've heard from state. some guys on the inside, too, is there's some labs that'll very quietly doctor stuff, too. Oh, yes, there are. Like, and they constantly get in trouble and open up, uh, uh, reopen over under new names. Yeah, because uh, I I have sat down and questioned uh, THC content on things because, like, I do a, I do a lot of dabs. My tolerance is pretty good. Yeah. But, but like, I've seen some stuff labeled 18s that straight, like, whoops my ass. Right. And, and then I've seen flour labeled in, like, the mid to high 20s, and it, I might as well have just smoked a fucking cigarette. I feel like that has a so, lot like, there's to do. There's got to be some inconsistencies in the testing. But we know they lie about THC content, right? But if they're not testing for terps, right? If that 18%, if they cured it right and it had like the best like terpene profile for getting you stoned there is and it only has 18% THC versus a lot of these 30% strains that push a lot of high THC don't taste like anything. No, and I there's there's obviously some relationship between THC and the terpene profile. Right. That I don't think we maybe have a good handle on yet. No. It's interesting. It's interesting on like a scientific level watching us trying to slowly figure out this plant. Well, and I think it's going to be a lot like, uh, like, like I think cannabis, I, I don't know if it already is, or maybe we're going to go through like, you know how, remember like gastropubs, like they were real popular, like scientific. Yeah. Yeah. Science food. Like, I, Yes, I bought I bought a couple fancy gastro cookbooks and tried to cook my way through them. And I bought the Alinea one. Alinea's like, yeah, you know, the, uh, Grant's a crazy person when it comes to food, and he's more a scientist than a chef, in my personal opinion. I, I well, I kind I, of agree. I, with I, you. I, it was insane. Some of this stuff in this cookbook. Now, mind you, the like two out of the twenty things I tried, the two I got confidently can say i got right ish at least yeah were wild food experiences okay but but yeah no that seems to have faded eh that whole that whole gastro pub thing that that didn't seem to last long you know what i think that is man honestly i think i think chefs are, are kind of like comedians or any other performers where they can find themselves performing to the back of the room like to other chefs like, of course you want to try this. Doesn't this sound good? While everyone in the dining room is like, bro, what are you fucking doing? I want a seared steak. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, um, I, I spent a long time doing like closer to fine dining food. Right. I grew up, I grew up in one of the nicest restaurants in my area. Oh, okay. So I have that background in, in fancier stuff. Yeah. I'm, I'm running a bar kitchen right now and you know what? Yeah. It pays better. Uh huh. It's less drama. Yeah. It's way less complicated. It's to be it, it's easy. Yeah. And it's way more fun because everyone's laid back as hell. Like in those in those nice fancy restaurants, like the real ones, yes. they're all assholes. Everyone's trying to cut each other's throat for the oh, next yeah. like uh shot at being in charge. Oh yeah. They're they're all pompous. Everyone thinks they're better than everyone else. Like, no, I I'm over all that. I wanna I just wanna feed people. 
My favorite restaurant right now that I went to recently, what is in this is in a little small town. It's it's literally when I say just a diner, I'm not being a dick. It's just a diner. Oh, but, I I had breakfast at just a diner this morning, and I'll right. tell you what, the eggs were perfectly white and right. beautiful and delicious. It's good. They they have taken like our our omelet has fresh ingredients, whatever to its absolute peak level like yeah they just do it perfectly it's so perfect i i love good plain old food like good good classic comfort food executed properly is good that's why it's comfort food yeah you know what i mean and i feel like for a long time we got away from that and everyone was like oh look how fancy i can be like I feel like we're going through something similar to that in the cannabis scene right now, because for the longest time, it was exotics, 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 you know, cookies. And and now I see a lot of people are straight up growing OG crosses and old like I grew in last year. You know what's funny? I have a I have a white widow blue dream that that I. I popped and I, I just topped it. Like, I'm doing it too. I'm yeah. going back to, like, my genetic roots on that one. Well, you know what I miss, man? Real skunk. And you're like, yeah. what are you talking oh, about? <laughs> I think you follow him too. There's a guy that's yes. like that. It's nonstop. He's on a skunk hunt. He's looking yeah, for the he's skunk. skunk. Hunt. He, he, he posted something the other day. said his last plant smelled like rotten dead bodies and roadkill. And I was like... How do you know what any of this smells? Are you going up and sniffing dead raccoons? I've, well, and if just <laughs> like, do you have so, dead bodies in your basement? Should we? Be well, worried? I mean, so if you if you have any background in hunting, if you have a background in the military, ah, okay, have, so I hunt. So I you do. know what a you know what a so three day old corpse smells like? No, I'm being like an asshole about it, but I actually I recognize the smell. I do yeah. know what like dead things smell like i i do chef shit too right oh I, yeah dude yeah and, I am and the, when i, I found out how bad, old i've seen some pretty bad old dead things when i when i found out like when i was a young man and i found out how long people kept beef when i was little and i didn't understand how things work and someone told me oh yeah they keep it you know they'll keep it out for like two days and i'm like they do what <laughs> No, Ugh. that's scary to me. Two days. Ooh, there's, my there's, there's that weird kind of food, like where they'll age it in certain ways. Oh, 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 oh. Okay, I did. But she I took, did a. To I me, it a, sounds the sound of the same as a kid. I did a 32 age tomahawk steak, and I aged it in rotten rice, basically in koji. Okay. And that was the best piece of meat I've ever eaten in my life. But it smelled rank while it was curing. Oh, uh, see, I, I. Mm. I could. I'm not that brave. Like, yeah, you, no, see, that was. It was weird. It it smelled weird at first when I it it tasted like walnuts. Okay, like the level of I taste like nuts now was weird. That's wild. Yeah. See, I I feel like your your partner's probably so. There's certain things that I've been disallowed to do. Um, oh, oh, you have like a list of things you can't do anymore. No, 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 things that. Hobbies that I was expressing interest in, and she's like, honey, please don't do that. One of them, <laughs> okay. which is fine. I get it. I've asked her not to do things. But like the one thing that 
I was getting into hides. I was watching a lot of YouTube videos about tanning uh, hides. And, okay. and and I was getting ready to be like, all right, trapping's legal in Oregon. And she's like, uh, uh, uh. she's like, stop. All of our friends are hippies. I will hate you. Do not start trapping for skins and turn our backyard into some carnal house. And I'm like, fine. Carnal house. You that's what it dude. Can you imagine? No, like, I like um I'm I'm into the pagan stuff. I got like most of my tattoos are pagan themes. Oh yeah, yeah. But um I I immediately pictured like animal pelts from wall to wall, and I was like, actually, that sounds nice. And I'm like, man, if my girlfriend hears this, I'm in trouble. Think about smell. Think about how it smells, though, bro. When you're tanning high. Oh yeah, that our whole like (laughs) I actually I do I do a little bit of that. Okay. Uh, I love rabbit. Okay. And the season's really small around here, but they're all over the place, so it's pretty easy for me to like. Be like, hey, can I come sit on your farm for an hour with a shotgun? And I'll just swap yeah. a couple rabbits. And everyone's I, uh, like, yes, kill the fucking rabbits. <laughs> yeah, no, people, people don't. People that don't do farm stuff don't know they're actually awful, annoying pests. Yeah, they're in, well. I mean, especially are, if you have a garden with some leafy greens. Yes. Oh no! And Carrots. like, I don't grow leafy leafy greens because I've seen rabbits in my yard, and they don't they don't seem to like the peppers, so I keep growing the peppers. <laughs> Oh, really? Do you, hot peppers? Yeah, hot peppers. And okay, they don't... so that's Go something ahead. I do that very specifically when I do anytime I do leafy greens. Okay. I'll put hot peppers on the corners around them. Oh, okay. Squirrel, okay. Squirrels, rabbits, stuff like that. The capsaicin and the peppers, they hate it and they won't go anywhere near them. Oh, hell yeah. I'll do that next time I do a bed planting. I've been doing it in containers because I keep changing my mind where I want to put things. No, and pe- peppers and uh, peppers, tomatoes usually get along fairly well as far as okay, like planting yeah. things next to each other. And I like, I like doing that because then I just pull all of it, yes, all at once, and break it all down, and I'll jar salsa. Oh, nice, nice. You know, you already you already have tomatoes and peppers. I don't normally grow onions because they're a nightmare. If you put, yeah, I've had grow, mixed you luck. Ever done with it? If you uh, onions, like, yeah, it's mixed. I've had mixed luck with it. I've I've never had a problem growing onions. They grow good in my area. The problem is they don't grow too good in the area. And then two years later, after still not planting them, I'll find two dozen onions in the ground randomly. Like they just grew again. I almost wonder, like I've had, there are people in the area that have good luck growing onions, but I'm in, they're, they're in a, they're, they're in places where they're planting them in partial shade during the hottest part of the day. And I don't have a spot like that. Oh, okay. I have a, I have an overhang over like half of my garden and that's where they're coming up is in the spot that's slightly shaded. Yeah. The I planted them in the, in the sunny like spot like an idiot. In the dirt. Yeah. Well, and, and I've had, I've had a few um, plants that I, I didn't get along with. Like I tried growing potatoes of all things one year and because it's so dry where I'm have growing, you ever done I, them in a bucket. I did them in a I did them in a cloth pot and a bucket. Okay, but, yeah, I you can do them in a bucket and it's not it's not too bad. I didn't water them enough. I couldn't keep enough water oh. on them. Because it, it it gets like 120 degrees in here, so it's getting 100 degrees in the shade where I live in the summer. Okay, you guys get hot. Oh, well, when you see me, that's another reason why I I went back to some of the more generic cultivars. I was 
thinking they'd be a little hardier because I don't cover my plants. So if it's 120 degrees in the afternoon, my plants are in 120 degrees. And during that really hot part of the summer this year, they loved it. Yeah, they, like you, they they were into it. Yeah, because I I figured out that I had to give them about double the water that I would normally give them on like an eighty degree day, and there was yeah. no skipping waterings. Like every morning, they needed water. Oh no, it's it was dry here all summer. I had to water daily. Yeah, for like mo- most, like basically right up until middle of September. And and, yeah, and sometimes you you have to check it at night, and if it needs a little bit at night, you have to give it a little bit at night. I I don't think I ever resorted to night times this time, but like we were fairly, I want to say cold. Like we got up into the like one hundred five, one ten departments for a couple weeks, right? But it's it the whole time. It's always like a little overcast. It never. We never yeah. get that full, like, bah, not for, like, any extended period of time anyway. See, it's weird because I'm in the northwest, but the part of the northwest I'm in, it's southern Oregon near the town of Medford. But we have a Mediterranean climate here. So, okay. like, so in so the get- winter, in the winter, it gets pretty cold. But in the summer, it gets blazing hot. Yeah, you get that, like, big dry heat. Mm-hmm. It's, it's Plants always- love it. It's always humid here too, which yeah. helps. Except outdoor in my area, you got to know what you're doing, or you will absolutely get mildew Oof. every time. Well, yeah, and I and you're and you're dealing with a short season. Like your season ends like pretty much definitively in early mid October, right? Like it's done. Yeah, like I have I have one more outside, but I basically left it out because uh, I I was literally using it for photos because it looked okay. nice. Yeah. It it changed straight like purple, orange, yellow. I've got uh, every color of the rainbow on that thing, but it's coming down tomorrow. Yeah, and that'll be it. Most people I know growing this season took everything down. Yeah, one of the legal cultivars I talked to, I think they're taking their stuff down right now. Like yeah, this Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Okay, most of the time everyone's done by now because normally we would have had a frost. Yeah. And if we haven't had a frost by now, next week we'll get one. Yeah. 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 So here, um, where it's more like Southern Oregon is like, so depending on who draws the map, right? So if a Humboldt native draws the map, we're not included in the em- Emerald Triangle. But if the FBI draws the map, the Emerald, tri- <laughs> <laughs> the Emerald Triangle ends just north of here. So, oh, okay. So on, the, <laughs> on the FBI map, you you make it. You make it in the happy. Yeah, zone. they they extend it out. They they call That's it. Nice. From, they get they included you. No, I feel it's great to be included. That yeah. and, and and so um so we have a pretty ideal climate here to grow cannabis and grapes, and so a lot of what you see booming right now is vineyards and cannabis uh, farming. Yeah, we same thing. We have a couple, well, not a couple. There's, oh, God, one, two, there's like six or seven vineyards within a, I don't know, 20-minute drive from me. Okay, yeah. Eight, if you count the one on Peely Island, you got to take like an hour ferry ride over. It's nice over there, though. Okay. Uh, we like to go over and visit because it's basically like uh, a tiny little island with a handful of houses and one bar. So you just go and you stay at the little motel behind the bar and- Barely any cars, no internet, you know, it's like you hide from reality for a couple days. There's a couple places that I like to go 
with my uh my wife like that. We like to go stay. I like to find places like national forest campgrounds. Yeah, my my girlfriend loves doing stuff like that. We do a lot of like go on nature hikes and stuff. Yeah. We went camping for like almost an entire week with a bunch of her family for her birthday. Nice. I like I like outdoor stuff, you know. We'll uh we'll we'll pull the thing we'll we'll rent a cabin at one of those places so we get the comforts, but the no internet. Yeah, yeah. So you can kind of like hide from life. Yeah, yeah. Just for just for a couple days. And then you come back and you feel restored. I haven't done that in a while. I need to drag her out somewhere soon. We actually, her and I were just saying we should do something before it gets too cold. Cause I like, I like once a month, take like one day where it's just like, fuck everything. Our winter, our winters are, are pretty mild here. Um, so what we'll do a lot of times is a lot of the touristy places pretty much shut down for the winter. But the yeah. few that are open, like if the, there's a hotel or a campground that has a couple cabins, a lot of times in November or December or January or February or even sometimes into March, they're not doing good business. So we'll go out there and we'll be like the only people at like the lodge or whatever or some stuff. And we'll just hang out when it's cold. It's it's like you're in my head. We um we were thinking we it's about a four hour ish drive to Niagara Falls from here. Oh, fun. And I don't know if you've ever been to the Canadian side of Niagara I Falls. I have never been to Niagara you Falls, should. but it's I hold like, it hurts fun. The Canadian side is like I've been to both sides. The American side, it's not as cool. Okay. It's like a whole theme park, basically. There's a there's a bunch of like uh haunted house things and goofy arcades and stuff. There's oh, a couple fun. bars. So in November, the hotels in the area are like half the price because it's quiet, nice. but there's no lines. There's no fighting with people. Right. I I just I smoke joints walking up and down the street going from like the oh, bar yeah. to the um the arcade to do a haunted house to walk down and see the frozen falls. And it's yeah. nice down there in the winter. They get all icicle and shit. It's cute. See, we go out to the Oregon coast in the winter because in the winter it gets really stormy and we'll go walk on the beach during the, the height of the day at like two o'clock. It'll still be 45, 50 degrees outside. It'll just be raining. So we'll wear a coat and some thick shoes. We'll go walk hey, on the you're beach. Fine. Dress, dress for the weather. Yeah, like, Look, it's the Pacific Northwest. I'm not swimming for any length of time without a wetsuit anyway in the summer. So like, that's not what we're here to do. We're here to hike. <laughs> And right. we're here to like hang out in the hot tub behind the hotel and like be be around like civilization, but no people. Yeah, hot, hotel hot tub sounds nice right now. Actually, ooh. Well, you got you got to take your day this 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 month and go somewhere nice. But hey, thank you so much for being on the Bag Seed Chronicles, Austin. Is there anything you'd like to promote before we get out of here? No, no, I think I'm good right now. I don't. Cough, cough. I don't have any big promoter friends going on right now. Uh, the Quebec Seeds guys actually were nice enough to send me a bunch of stuff. That's where some of the old school stuff came from. Okay. So maybe thank them for sending me some stuff to play with. And where can the listeners follow you on Instagram? Oh, yeah. I guess maybe we should plug my own Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. At Bearded Stoner Boy on Instagram. I, I do my best to answer everybody. If anyone has questions, uh, pointers, or any specifics on how I do everything, I am I am an open book. I'm not one of those dudes that, like, hides anything, you know? I think anybody can grow these plants, and I think everybody should. All right. Everyone, everyone, 
Oh, thank you for being on the podcast, Beard Stoner Boy. I'll see you later. All right. Have a nice day. You can reach me, Uncle Dig, on Instagram at Uncle Dig. The bumper music on this podcast was produced by Chad Devillier on Ukulele. He can be followed on YouTube at Ukuleles Are Stupid or on Instagram at Chadwick Enterprises. Thank you for listening to the Bagseed Chronicles. Oh, I'm complete. Oh, blah, 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 blah. Horrible. <laughs> uh, okay. Winter is coming.